0: welcome to the doc g show a radio show cluster without further ado critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films your host ben doc g gordon and we are on the air welcome to the doc g show i am your host doc g with me the newest co-host on the block, DeMarcus, insert your nickname that I have not thought of yet here. Tell uh-huh. her. What's going
1: on, my people? Mm. What's going on? Mm. Mm. DeMarcus, how was
0: Thanksgiving,
1: sir? Oh my gosh, Doc. It was freaking fantastic. It was mm. lovely. Me and the mm. fam, we drove down to... Uh, we actually drove down to Orlando for Sweet. Thanksgiving. Um this year it was a little bit different. We we normally have um a large gathering, mm, but a little smaller. because smaller. yeah, it was a little smaller because of COVID mm-hmm. and uh um my uh my family decided to rent out a a vacation
0: home in Orlando, oh. so mm. it was pretty nice. Now, Orlando, I was I mean why not just the beach? Why not go to the beach? Hmm. You know, they not be- uh, Are they not beach folks? They not. They're wanna- not beach folks. dog. Yeah, understandable. I
1: tried to convince them to do the beach. They didn't want to do it.
0: Yeah, I don't blame them. Although yeah. I got to be honest, you know, I mean, no offense to our Orlando listeners. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's not my favorite city in Florida. Bro, come on. i mean, I do- here. I, don't, I I don't dislike it, but it's not my favorite city. You know, I'm just hey. I'm just saying. You know, but if family's there, it's good. It's good. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, I had a pretty good uh, Thanksgiving as well, Demarcus. I got to live out a dream of mine. Say what? Oh, yeah? Yeah? Yeah yeah now now listeners know about this dream because I've discussed this dream with the listeners uh, over the last five yes! Thanksgiving fests that's right everyone count them five Thanksgiving yes! fest <laughs> five that's right that is correct well uh, the the dream of mine is to have an Italian feast
2: for mm. Thanksgiving
0: yeah nice yeah. Yeah. Now with with uh, like you said, with COVID going down, I couldn't really hang out with my family, uh, right. you know, and so I had to do Thanksgiving by myself. Oh. And uh, since I'm doing it by myself, you know, I've been uh, we've all been doing things nine right, months right. by ourselves, you know. So true. So I got a little bit used to that. But I said, you know, I'm doing Thanksgiving, so why not do the food I want, yes. you know? Mm. So, I did a little research to find where I could get the best Italian. Because I didn't want to, I didn't want to like sacrifice and just get crap Italian, you know? Oh, you can't do that.
1: You, it has to be some good Italian yeah,
0: food. Yeah, not, it's not like I'm going to come home with a bunch of DiGiorno pizzas and be like, here we go Ew. Italian oh, nah. feast. No, no, no. That's a crap feast, is what that is. Nobody wants that. So, I did Literally. some research. I got some great take and bake meals. Sweet. Um I got stuffed shells. Oh. Yeah. Stuffed shells. Yeah, with a little ricotta. Huh? Ricotta oh. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> and meatballs. Ugh. Nice. Uh. Now, you know what the real deal Italians do? They don't they don't make those little pansy meatballs, you know? They don't make the little like you know, dime-sized meatballs. You're getting like right. a like a basketball-sized meatball. What? And oh you're yeah. Like, what? What the is way it's this? supposed to be? Yeah, yeah. And then I got a chicken parmesan, and I got oh. I got a lasagna. Mm. Nice. Mm. Mm. That you know you know what I call that? I call that Italian soul food. Is what I call that. Oh, Italian you know? soul food. Because it is. It, it's it's from the heartland of Italy. And it's just right. like it's the stick to your bone stuff. Because ah. Italy has the other stuff. They have like the they have the Mediterranean flair. They have the light stuff that's all from like the the seafaring areas where you get right. some light. But this is the stuff in the 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 heartland of Italy where you get the stuff that's gonna get you through a chilly night. So true. You know, not mm. a cold night, but a chilly night. You're gonna get <laughs> through it, and you're gonna be like, mmm. That lasagna's heating me from the inside. That's a fact. You know? <laughs> so I got some of that, right? Nice. And now everything in the meal I was very excited about, but as I was coming back from getting the meal, something very annoying hmm. happened. What happened, Doc? Hmm. My window fell down. Word. Oh, man. And, and wouldn't like, come did back Did you roll it
1: down? It, yeah. Wait. Yeah, Your so I rolled it up. down.
0: I rolled it down, and then I was like, "I'm gonna bring it back up a little bit," because you know you always bring it down too far of what you want you you want to actually be at, and then you're like, no, nah, a little bit up," and so I was like, "Now nah, a little oh. bit up," and then it wouldn't come oh, up. Come on! And then Dang. I just kept pressing up, and then it just slid down to where it completely disappeared, and I was oh, like, "Man, ah, oh, ah." Oh. So I was really, really disheartened by this. <laughs> This was, this was really sad, and this reminded Hmm. me. I've I've had some some car misfortunes before on this show. So true. Um, And I've talked about, I've discussed many car misfortunes on this show. Uh, Actually, when my last car that I owned got hit in the rear Word. and it totaled the car i talked about oh, that man. on the uh, on the show and the last time when i scraped my car on the curb Ew. i talked about that now when that happened i was very distraught as well and as i was distraught i saw a bumper sticker in the center of the person's car on their back bumper that said if anything can go well it will. Nope. Hmm. To which I responded, <laughs> bull**** <laughs> bumper sticker. I do not believe you. Right?
1: Not in this case. <laughs> but then again, I
0: was angered at that time. And right. again, I was angry in this time. And I was thinking, I was looking for that bumper sticker. I was like, it's going to come back and laugh me in the face. Right? I was just like, it's going to. But then I started just thinking of bumper stickers in general. Word. And how weird they are. You know? Like, right? They just they're they're weird. Like, they it's are like, weird. I mean, you're just so they're there most of the time to make a statement about yourself. That's a fact. To let hmm. people know, like I've got a kid. You know, those are probably some really annoying bumper stickers. The little families. I'm like, I don't care about your family. Nope. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to know that you've got four kids and a dog and a wife. You know, like I don't need right. know that. And then the ones that are trying to be funny that like have the kids but then like a monster eating them or something. I'm like, I don't need to know that. I don't need to know that you're a humorous person that has a monster eating your fan. Like that doesn't matter. But that's yeah. what people want people to know. They they put right. that out on their car or they put out on their car that they're a fan of the the Bulls and they're like, they're at Chicago Bulls. That's me. And you're like, okay. Mm. Right? But then there's some bumper stickers that are demanding something out of you, you -hmm. know? They're telling you to change your ways, you know? Have you seen one of those? I'm sure you have.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I just started thinking, like, I don't think there's ever been a person in the world ever who's changed their opinion because of a bumper sticker. Nope. Like, (laughs) what are the odds that anyone has been driving around and saw a blue osmobile and was like you know what <laughs> this osmobile telling me to recycle i think i'm gonna recycle nope i think they're right <laughs> i think i should do that like that's not gonna happen like like who has that brittle of convictions in their life that they're just like you know what a bumper sticker yeah yeah yeah, I think so. I think I'm going to support my local libraries. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds good. Like, I honestly think most Americans are such stubborn turds that mm-hmm. they're going to see a sticker and they're going to do the exact opposite just because they saw that bumper sticker. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? Oh, oh, local libraries? I'm ordering all my books off of Amazon and I'm burning my library card. Take that, Osmobile. <laughs> You know, so true. Like, I just don't think that people are going to try to do it. In fact, I right. think if you're thinking about putting one of those bumper stickers on your car, just get one that says the exact opposite of that. People are more likely to do that. You know, if you want to support right. your local libraries, just get a big bumper sticker that says do not support local libraries. Right. People will be like, oh, Really? Really? Guess where I'm going tonight? The local library. <laughs> take that and like it. I'm there until they close. And I'm going back in the morning when they open up. Like, that's what people are going to do. That's right. Anyways, I got, dis- I got sidetracked, Marcus. that has nothing to do with my Thanksgiving story. Like, I just started yeah. thinking about bumper stickers. And Ooh. I thought I would take you along on my stream of consciousness. Um, <laughs> anyways, I got home. The window wasn't coming up. I checked the mm. weather. That was the thing I was most concerned about because, you know, I didn't want my car to get rained on while it had no window. Nope. Uh, right. And it wasn't raining. So there you go. Plenty of thanks for that. You nice. Know? Yeah. Uh, praise up for that. Well, what? I got home and I could focus on my Italian feast. And I did. And mm. I preheated my oven to 400. I put those delicious dishes in the oven. I had to tear them, by the way. The lasagna mm. went in first. The shells went in second. The uh, Parmesan went in last. And then brought them out, brought them together. It was like a beautiful trip over Italy. Literally. I had no worries of a window. I had no worries of a pandemic. I had no worries that no one was going to listen to our show because I ramble on about stupid things like windows and bumper stickers. I didn't worry about any of that. You know what I worried about? What Italian food. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I was instantly... Italian soul food. Mmm. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm not sure what that has any point of. It doesn't really, DeMarcus. <laughs> not at all. But you know what? Everybody needs to know, don't be chained to the boringness of your Thanksgiving. Nope. You be thankful for what you people want to be thankful for. You do what you want to do, guys. <laughs> Next right. Thanksgiving... You do it. Make it happen. Whatever it is, do it. Make it happen. That's all I'm saying. That's all hey, I'm saying. You know, there's more to life than
1: just turkey and mashed potatoes yes. for Thanksgiving. Yes.
0: Apparently, Amen. we got
1: Italian soul food.
0: Uh, say it again. <laughs> Italian soul food. Amen. Now that I've nice. wasted everyone's life for 12 minutes, are you ready to fire this show up? Dot.
1: let's fire this show
0: up. All oh. right up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Mmm. Oh my gosh. So Demarcus, fantastic show tonight. We've got Grayson Nekrutman, one of the best drummers out there. I found him on Instagram. That's a fact. Nice. I was I was searching on my Explorer page. I, came, the, I don't need to go through the whole story because the listeners have already heard it from last week. But I found him, and I was like, this dude is insane. And I couldn't stop looking at his videos because his hands are like lightning. He's just going all over that kit. He makes nice. me look like I've never picked up a drumstick in my life, which I have, for the record. <laughs> but I, it looks like I'm I completely innate. Like it looks like it looks like uh, if we're comparing it to uh, a hundred meter sprint, it looks like mm. a, a baby compared to Usain Bolt. That's what it looks War. like. Oh, wow. When you compare me drumming versus him drumming, that's how insane that's, it is. That's yeah. a significant difference there. It's a big difference. It's a big difference, <laughs> and he's only eighteen. Say what? It's insane. It's insane. Mm. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. Wait. Eight? Did you just say eighteen? One eight. Yeah. He just what? literally graduated from high school. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a crazy story. He's, he's had to overcome some significant things. He had this very rare disease we're going to talk about in the interview that he had to come over. It's, it's very mm-hmm. impressive. Very impressive. Now he's in college. He's doing his thing. He's going to be big soon, right? He's going to be huge soon. He's going to be recording for all kinds of people, and I'm going to take credit for his popularity. (laughs) I'm going to be like, he became famous because he was on the Doc G show, and people will be like, no, you senile old man. That's not what (laughs) happened. (laughs) Anyways, it's fine. I can't wait to get to it. We've also got fantastic music from the Blackwater Fever, our favorite band out of Australia. Well, I don't know if we can say favorite because we got several bands out of Australia. So true. But one of our favorite bands out of Australia. So excited to see these guys with new music. But first, we start where we start. Birthday suit, are you ready? I am ready.
3: Happy birthday, Mr. President.
0: Okay, here we go. 100% 100% positive. You got this. Wait, one. what? I moved it up. Oh. 100%. 100%.
1: 100%. Very confident in me today. The
0: confident. Confident <laughs> out the yin yang. Uh, born on December 2nd, 1983, in Chico, California, our birthday suit wearer's father played football in college, playing offensive line, but he became a chiropractor for his professional career. You ever been to a chiropractor, DeMarcus? Hmm. I have. I have yeah. two. I I, don't, I feel like they they need more solidification in the research and standardization mm-hmm. of practice. But at the same time, somebody talked me into going to one. So yeah. there you go. Now, I don't know where that <laughs> – that's just a side note. Anyways, our birthday suit wearer loved uh, sports growing up, football, basketball, baseball. Um, he went to Pleasant Valley High School, and he started as quarterback setting records like six passing touchdowns in a game. 2,446 passing yards in a season, Jeez. but he didn't get a scholarship to any Division One school because of his size. So he went to community college for a year, where he led his team to a 10 and 1 record and threw 26 touchdowns. He transferred to Cal after a year. Mm. At the combine, he ran a 4.7140 and a 34 and a half inch vertical. He was selected 24th overall by the Green Bay Packers. Hmm. Since then, he has become an eight-time Pro Bowler, a two-time MVP. A Rodgers. A Rodgers is <laughs> correct. Aaron oh, yeah. Rodgers, the bad man himself. Thank you, Stephen A. Yes, bad man. He is, you know shout, though.
1: Shout out to Aaron Rodgers though Shy, like,
0: right? the man is a
1: beast on the field for sure.
0: I, I, I gotta say like I don't know if I'd still say it but I think I would still say it if you gave me one quarterback to and like I could choose the other players on the field I think I'm going Aaron Rodgers like for hmm. any quarterback in the NFL like not for like not for like you know when people say like a career and everything I got one drive I think I might be going Aaron Rodgers I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Mahomes, maybe because he's just insane, you know. I was
1: about to say, yeah, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson
0: yeah. too, oh, but it yeah, it, Lamar. It, de- it depends. It depends on like the like what the circumstances are. But like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he can run too. Still, he can he yeah. can get it done on his legs, and he he's can. got a, he's got a cannon. And the thing I love about him is the confidence. He never gets shook, even when he's down by, like, 30 points. You look at those f- that face, and I'm like, I want to deal with that. Nope. I don't right. want to deal with that, you know? 37 for that bad man. 37. 37. There we go. Happy birthday, Aaron. Enjoy it. You and Danica, enjoy it. By the way, uh, I know Aaron Rodgers indirectly. Word. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. If How's listeners it? remember, uh, Trevor Hall came on the show in August, at the end of August. Trevor did Danica's podcast, and while she was doing the podcast, Aaron Rodgers was there, and uh, you know they 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 talked, they had some friendly friendly interactions. So right, right. indirectly, I know Trevor. Trevor knows Aaron. We know each other. We're best friends. Oh. <laughs> That's how I
1: said, that, de- that definitely counts, Doc. No That's counts. the
0: transit of property right there. That's how that works. <laughs> nope. That's how that nice. works. Uh, happy birthday, Aaron, my best friend. Live it up, man. Enjoy it. Uh, Demarcus, you ready? Let's rip some headlines.
1: Let's rip those headlines.
0: It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay, so uh, last week... We uh, gave kudos to Arkansas uh, for having white gravy as their most popular side dish at Thanksgiving. Word, white gravy. White, not brown gravy, not turkey gravy. No, white gravy. We threw some, we threw some flour in there, and it's like we're making biscuits and gravy, but we took away the biscuits and we just threw the gravy all over everything else. That's what happens <laughs> apparently in Arkansas. That's what goes down. But. Oh, wow. We've got to take away that kudos for uh, a worse reason than gravy. It's got to happen. So Chris Kennedy. Chris Kennedy moved to North Little Rock, Arkansas back in 2017. Now, something about Chris that he loves doing, he loves to decorate for Christmas. And uh, the main reason he loves to decorate for Christmas was his father loved to decorate for Christmas. And his father's no longer with him. So it's a nice memory to, to remember his dad. Right. And uh, he's got all kinds of decorations. He's got all kinds of Christmas trees and ornaments and everything else. One of the ornaments that he has, though, is a seven foot Santa Claus. Now, the unique thing about the Santa Claus is that it's a black Santa Claus. Now, interesting. I'll I'll say this to Marcus, too. They had a picture of it. I I didn't even really notice he's black. Nope. And that's not (laughs) like, I'm just saying, like, it wasn't like that noticeable. Like and right. then maybe maybe I'm not just maybe I'm just not being observant enough but I was like I think I could have passed that house and not even noticed in the first place. But <laughs> anyways, aside from that, <laughs> everything was going good. He got all kinds of compliments on his on his decorations until last week where he received an anonymous note in his mailbox that said, "Quote, you should not try to deceive children." Into believing that I am black. And by the way, they did not use the word black, but I substituted a nicer word. Um, you being jealous of my race is no excuse for dis- dishonesty. And the letter was signed by Santa Claus.
1: Wait, what?
0: Hmm. Interesting. Now, DeMarcus, do you think, because I don't think this was Santa Claus? Nah, no way santa man Mm -mm. santa wouldn't be a part of that kind of nonsense oh absolutely oh absolutely not Not a part of this uh and uh for any listeners that are kids right now the kids listening to the show which i don't think there are any um because why would an eight-year-old want to listen to our show they wouldn't uh it doesn't happen (laughs) but uh, any of those kids out there, rest assured, Santa Claus was not a part of this. Okay. Uh, you guys can fast forward over the next two minutes. Just go ahead and skip the next part. <laughs> you don't need to listen to the next part. Uh, okay. Now that the kids are gone, I can say uh, Santa Claus did not write this letter because he's a f-ing fictional character. So true. Okay? <laughs> he's made up. Like, why? Why? why would a person... First of all, go out of your way. That's a whole other story in itself. Why would you go out of your way to write something like that? And then why would you make it from the point of view of being a fictional character? Hmm. Like, how can you even get mad if it's a fictional character that they're changing the supposed race of? This is a fictional character he could be a she yes. he could be an alien yes. he could be an eskimo yes. he could be the 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 show's favorite thing he could be a llama yes. if he wanted to be this is Just true a, imagine that demarcus a llama santa that'd be fun a llama. <laughs> right a little santa hat on top of a llama Oh, my gosh. He'd be so (laughs) fun, you don't even know. You can make Santa whatever you want. That's a fact. Which brings me to another point. Who actually cares about another person's decorations? Right. You can put whatever you want in your yard. I could care less. Yeah, i mean santa's job is to
1: bring that joy and happiness so it's exactly. like are, are they are they like implying that a black man can't bring joy and happiness Girl, come on, yeah, i gotta holiday. be honest
0: yeah. you, you bring you bring listeners of the doc g show joy and happiness so hey there you, you go. know
1: what i can appreciate that doc because i go. try
0: there you go I try. there you go i'm just saying how bad does your life have to suck that you have to fill the sucky void in your life By throwing out anonymous racist insults in people's mailboxes. So true. You know? It just... uh, Come on. Come on. But I do have a positive note, DeMarcus. Oh, yeah? What's that? The neighbors of Mr. Kennedy, they did not like this note either. They were not fans of it. And so, as a result, Mm. they went out and bought Black Santas for their yard. Yes! They stood in solidarity with Mr. Kennedy and said, "These are all our black Santas. So nice. they're everywhere, bringing joy to everyone, and you can't stop it, right?" Take that, take that. Now, Mr. Kennedy said, "You know, instead of doing that, if anybody else wants to buy a black Santa, how about you donate to the Ronald McDonald House of Charities for Children, yes! uh, for the kids that don't get to be with their their families in their homes for Christmas, yes! which." I got to say, kudos to Mr. Kennedy. Yeah,
1: good for him. That's pretty dope.
0: That's very nice. That's very nice. Regardless, he said there are still loving, caring individuals out there, and he said, I know my neighbors have lifted me up. There you go. There you go. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out to Mr. Kennedy. Shout out to his neighbors. You guys keep spreading the joy. Uh, Demarcus... This is something that I do with Dave from time to time. Uh, listeners are aware, well aware of this. I give him a little good news, bad news. Mm. Um, mm. Now, this started because we had so many negative stories about gun violence. And it was usually gun violence that resulted from dumb gun safety. That's a fact. Uh, mm. So I started doing a good news, bad news. Well, I've got one of those for you. Ready? Oh, yeah. Okay, so the good news is I don't have a story about someone shooting another person for a dumb reason with a gun. Wait, what? Yeah, that's good news. It's good news. Yeah. The bad news is I have a story about someone shooting another person for an unknown reason with a bow and arrow. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, say that again. I have a story about someone shooting another person for an unknown reason, with a bow and arrow. And this story is not from 1500. Nope. All right. I had to make sure I heard that correctly. That's right. (laughs) Bow and arrow. Bow and arrow. So, Hmm. Demarcus, this story has so many holes in it, and that's a pun that is intended, uh, (laughs) that I need answered. And I'm going to have to follow up on this story next week because there's Many things. I might even call up the West Jordan police in Utah just and (laughs) and question them a little bit. So last week on Friday in West Jordan, Utah, Chelsea Huggins was on her roof when a teenager was apparently walking by. The teen and Chelsea got into an argument. Hmm. During the argument, witnesses told police that she, Chelsea, appeared to have a gun, a weapon on her roof. Then they saw the victim get hit with something, but they did not hear any gunshots. Wait, what? Which, by the way, these witnesses couldn't tell it was a bow and arrow. Like, how do you miss hmm. a bow and arrow? Like, how far away were they or how blind were they that they didn't know it was a bow and arrow. Like, (laughs) I feel like that's pretty obvious. You're like, what do they got up there? Is that a magical wand? I don't know. Oh, my God, he was hit with something. (laughs) Like, that doesn't happen. Anyways, based on the wound in the victim and the arrow, the police correctly deduced that it was a bow and arrow. Um, Kelsey was found later that day and arrested for aggravated assault and child abuse but that's the only information like i gave you all the information that the story had and i was left wanting so much more Demarcus. <laughs> so much more i mean the biggest question for anybody i think is why why are you sitting on your roof with a bow and arrow like right that's my number one question like why can I email or, or call one of Chelsea's neighbors and be like, does she do this on the regular? Hmm. <laughs> is, is she known around the neighborhood as the crazy lady that sits on a roof with a bow and arrow? Like she's guarding the <laughs> yeah. castle? Like what the is going on at this house? <laughs> like, there is no logical response. There is no reason that I could call you up, Demarcus, and the, the, the answer to my question would be like, well, yeah, then I went on the roof with a bow and arrow. What? Like, there's nothing that you could say See? that would follow that.
1: See, you got to be careful with people like her because she's like one of those type of people that are skin you and wear your skin around town. That's a
0: fact. That's definitely. It's a definitely <laughs> a silence of the lamb character here for sure. I mean, yeah. second of second of all, like, does she know the teenager? Does she know this kid? Because that's Yeah. That's really weird. Like cuz I don't know which one's weirder. Her shooting <laughs> a kid she knows or a kid she has no idea like because how could you get in an argument with a kid you have no idea who they are and get that angry in that time unless you are a silence of the lamb's character? <laughs> like because there's seriously. I don't think there's anything a kid could tell me that I'm like, you know what the solution is? Shooting them with a bow and arrow. What? Like? right? I don't know. Say like, <laughs> lastly, how is the one thing? the the weapon that you have decided to equip yourself with, a bow and arrow. Hmm. Right. It's 2020. Like Seriously. There are so (laughs) many. I mean, not to give this lady options, but there are much better (laughs) options out there. You're not Rambo. You're not going in there like, well, I'm not going to use my explosive tips yet, but those are coming out later. (laughs) <laughs> Use the regular ones right now. Like, come yeah. on, what? Weird. That's a fact. Weird, oh Demarcus. <laughs> um. So we mentioned this the week before last when you were on the show. Mike Tyson fault. Mm-hmm. Um. He actually, you know, the weird thing about that fight too was that they were the they were like I think weren't they the undercard hmm. of the Nate Robinson and uh, what's his face fight? Uh, weird uh youtuber oh, uh, guy was it jake paul jake paul that's his yeah. name yeah like what <laughs> what and then jake paul knocked him out cold oh and i man. was like nate what are you doing he, man he gave him that night night treatment yeah i was like <laughs> what are you doing you're nate robinson <laughs> you had a vertical of 50 inches and you're telling right. me jake paul's gonna knock you out I'm like, yeah. yeah just saying yeah, i'm yeah. not like don't get me wrong Jake Paul could knock me out obviously That's but right. I'm just saying if you're that athletic come on come on Nate yeah come on yeah, no, 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 anyway no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not about Nate and, and Jake this is about Mike mm-hmm. Tyson and and Roy Jones um, right, right Mike uh, apparently ended up winning by people weighing in uh the the the, the official uh, uh the official decision was a split decision. But everybody on everybody on Twitter, uh, like the professional boxers, thought Tyson won. They said very clearly he won.
1: You know, yeah, looking at the highlights, it seemed like Tyson. He was getting in some hits. That. Yeah,
0: he was getting in some hits. And I mean, you know, uh, Roy Jones didn't look like out of shape, but he didn't look as good a shape as Tyson did. Right, right. He he looked a little bit more worn, which was surprising because he had been in the ring more recently than Tyson. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah, Tyson's been out of the ring 15 for like, years. Like, 15 years. 15 years,
0: yeah. 15, man. But I saw a picture that really solidified his oldness. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I saw a picture of him walking into the training facility wearing Nike Air Monarchs. <laughs> Not Air the Monarchs. Monarchs. That is the official. <laughs> Old man shoe. Yes! Like, there's no like. If he wanted to trick people into thinking he was a young dude fighting again, he should have came in with some like Air Kyries and like, <laughs> oh, here I am." But he came in Air Monarchs. Girl, come on. People the are Monarchs. automatically gonna think you're 65 if you're wearing Air Monarchs. You know who wears Air Monarchs? Hmm. My grandfather. My dad. My dad wears <laughs> Air Monarchs. You know how old my dad is? Old. 69. Sixty nine years old. So I mean if you're looking to look sixty nine, wear some air Monarchs. That's a fact. Mm. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't know, like I think that, like I, I feel like there's like an Illuminati society for air monarchs. Word. Except it's just old guys. Like I feel <laughs> like at some point you get this anonymous uh, mailbox letter that's not about Santa Claus, that's about mm. about air monarchs that's just like, Hey, you've reached the age get a pair and you <laughs> just go out come. and you get you get a pair air monarchs you listen and you're part of the crew because i have no other reason why my dad would buy air monarchs but he did <laughs> and he's got them and that's it that's it and now apparently yeah. mike tyson is part of the crew as well so there you go hey okay. demarcus we all know the animals in australia are pretty strange so true right right Right? right, you got some weird ones out there. I, I, I chose not so. to. I chose not to talk about this story. There was, was one story where this dude apparently lived with a giant huntsman spider in his house for a year.
3: Ew! Oh, like he just, he face. would
0: just, he'd just like point the camera over, and literally, not an exaggeration, this eight-inch spider on his wall would just be crawling around and be like, "Hey, there she goes again," and I'd be like, "What? Nope. No I mean, way. I'm living in that house. Nope. No way." <laughs> Anyway, right. That's not this story. This story is about platypuses and wombats. Hmm. Have you platypuses heard about and wombats? Have you heard about platypuses and wombats? You know about I, these guys, right? Yeah.
1: I know. I know what they are, but I haven't heard about them. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, so apparently, a researcher in the U.S. found out about platypuses. He found something new about platypuses. Now, uh, they're the animals. For the listeners that don't know, they look like a beaver. But then instead of just being a cute beaver, they've got these weird web feet like a duck. Huh? And they've got a duck bill like a duck. Wait, what? Like imagine a beaver with a duck bill on its face. <laughs> it's literally what they are. Pretty much. <laughs> now, are you, I, I want to give you, uh, they're so weird. I want to give you some facts on platypuses. Are you ready for some facts on platypuses? Mm, lay it on me. Okay, here comes the first fact. This one, this one's a little banana sandwich. Uh, they have a sixth sense, DeMarcus. Mm, interesting. They literally can sense other animals' electrical activity. Oh, wow. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So researchers have done research where they've blotted out all their other senses. Eyes, ears, nose. No ability to use them. And the platypus can just keep on hunting with electrolocation. Wait, what? Oh, wow. They're literally like cyclops, X-Men. They can just go around and sense the person is there. So yeah. crazy. Like, I mean, just imagine right now you've got a bunch of nerve conduction going on in your body. If a platypus was here, they'd be like, DeMarcus is right over there. I can sense him.
1: I know you're over there. Yeah. I can, I can sense you.
0: Yeah. I can feel <laughs> your arm moving from here. What? <laughs> what? That's what platypuses can do. They're insane. Yeah, so true. Here's, here's another crazy. one. You ready for this? Here we go. What you got? They've only got one hole in their nether regions. Ew. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got a couple so, things going down there. We've got a couple pipes going down there. They've only got right. one for everything. <laughs> one hole. When they, when everything. Made,
1: you only get one, and that's it.
0: That's it. That's it. That's and and you know what comes out of that hole? Eggs. Huh? They lay eggs. Huh? Eggs. They're a mammal, and they lay eggs. Wow. Can you imagine how weird that would be with any other mammal? Like, what if you were walking through the woods, and you saw a giant bear just lay an even giant big egg? A two foot egg and you were just like, oh, oh, it's a bear egg. Get out of here. Like, what? Yeah. So weird. They are so weird. Now this one, get ready for this one. This is crazy. Uh, Like I said, they have a bill, so they don't have any teeth. But Mm. they love eating things that require being broken down with teeth. So instead of using teeth, they'll pick up whatever they want to eat with a bunch of rocks and what? then they just sift the rocks around in their mouth to break up that food. Oh wow. Yeah. Rocks. How weird is in the that? Mouth. Yeah. They
1: use rocks to break up food.
0: Yeah. So imagine that weird hillbilly friend you have that's dipping all the time, except instead it's just a bunch of rocks that they're shooting around in their mouth. And they're like, <laughs> oh yeah yeah, I had a had a crunchy crunchy crab that i needed to eat there what yeah what weird weird platypuses (laughs) here's the last fact about a platypus you ready for this one what you got they've got venomous spurs on the back of their legs jeez oh that is so dope now there that's only for the dude platypuses lady platypuses Ah. don't have any spurs And, and apparently they only break these out when they're in mating season when they gotta mm. let another platypus know this is my lady, they pull out they pull out a spur on them, Word. which ah. I don't want to be any part of, because um, apparently they hurt. They're not deadly, mm. but they hurt bad. I, they hurt I bad. wouldn't
1: want to. I wouldn't want to experience that. No,
0: no. <laughs> Now, I got yeah. to wrap this story up here. I got to actually have a point to this. I got off on my platypus facts. But here's mm. the fact that they found out. The researcher was doing some research on them using a UV light, and he found out they glow in the dark. Mm, wow. Yeah. So he was doing re- he was doing research. He had a black light. I don't know, maybe he's in a weird, like, 60s research lab where they got lava lamps and black lights and they're playing psychedelic music. What? Whatever. <laughs> they were doing this, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, look at that. Platypus gl- gl- glows green in the black light. That's so what? vivid. I can, I can just picture it happening. Yeah, right <laughs> it's weird. And then on top of that, an Australian researcher was like, you know what? I don't believe him. Let's check it out. And he did it. And he had some other animals there. And he found out that wombats glow in the dark, too.
1: Bro, come on! What? Yeah. So That to, is
0: insane. So to sum it up, Australia has weird animals like wombats and platypuses. Hmm. And they just got a little weirder because they glow in the dark. <laughs> there you go. That's a fact. There you go. Oh, man. That's it, man. That's it. Well, we got to take a break. We got to take a break. We will be right back. Speaking of... Uh, Australia we've got uh, a song from our favorite Australians the Blackwater Fever that's right this is their fantastic song The Boogie Woogie right here on the Doc G Show And we are back here on the Doc A G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, just a reminder, you got to check out the podcast if you're not already doing it. If you're one of our FM listeners, remind yourself tonight... Go home, download the podcast, subscribe to it, give us a five star, say, my God, that new co-host, DeMarcus, is the most fantastic thing in my life right now. And- That is correct. I am going to get some Italian soul food tonight. That's what you (laughs) gotta do just tell us that and it'll make our day and we'll make even better shows because you made our day that's what will happen yes! it's a synergistic relationship guys that's how that goes a there synergistic relationship uh okay demarcus i don't have a uh i don't have a miscellaneous file today mm. i do have a leftover story though uh from rip ah. from the headlines so we call these leftover headlines. It's very, Leftovers. Yeah, it's a very creative title. It took me hours to come up with. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this uh, this is an interesting story. So this is a story uh, from a writer at the old Canadian broadcast company. Hmm. So this is uh, Lauren Mullen. She wrote a story, and the whole story is about how she discovered something new that she's been embracing because of the pandemic. Hmm. Hmm. so she says the pandemic brace yourself Demarcus she says the pandemic has transformed her into a lady that pees outside now (laughs) (laughs) what yeah wait a minute yeah
1: (laughs) I wasn't ready for that one (laughs) yeah that's why I said
0: brace yourself man so she sets up this whole story about how she went to deliver groceries to her parents at the start of the pandemic And because they were quarantining, she didn't have, she couldn't use their bathroom because she couldn't go into Mm. the house because they were quarantining. And so she couldn't really wait to get back. And, you know, all the public bathrooms were closed because they just had started. So, like, they were, you know, everybody was freaking out. So they had everything shut down. So Mm. she just peed outside. Mm. And apparently this this liberated her. She was just like, Ew. "Oh my God, this is so amazing! I'm gonna pee on everything, Ew. right?" And uh, now, here's the thing that I don't, I don't know how to handle, right? Because honestly, I don't give a <laughs> where people pee. I, as, as long as they're right. not peeing on my shoes or on my front porch, I don't right. really care. Um, right. But in the article, this is what she says. In the article, she says, "Quote: I was released." from the feeling that I couldn't pee outside like men so casually (laughs) or that I have to politely wait in line at an ill-equipped women's bathroom. So, Hmm. first off, let me say to Lauren, uh, good for you, pee Mm -hmm. wherever you want, but Mm -hmm. it's not socially acceptable for men to pee outside whenever they want. Nope. If me yeah. and DeMarcus are hanging out on the sidewalk and DeMarcus mm-hmm. just turns around and starts peeing, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. be I'm not gonna be like, hey man, that's cool. No, I'm probably gonna be like, hey, you're probably gonna get arrested, just so you know. That's a fact. Like, you can't do that.
1: Mm. This sounds like it's from speaking from experience right here, Doc. <laughs> so true.
0: I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, it's you know. <laughs> And like and I don't wanna I I, uh, you know, I know what you mean. Like you don't <laughs> I don't I don't know what she means by politely wait in line in an ill-equipped bathroom either. Guys have to wait in line for a bathroom. Right. I've had to wait in line. Like yeah. I'm just saying everybody pre COVID at any social gathering has had to wait in line. ...to use the bathroom. That's
2: right. right.
0: Now, there's only one time that I saw that rule violently broken. Hmm. It was at a uh, Virginia Tech versus West Virginia football game. Hmm. It was halftime, to Marcus. The lines were really long to use the urinals. Hmm. And uh, I'm waiting at the back of one of these lines... ...and a dude, decked out in West Virginia stuff... ...walks into the bathroom. Hmm. And he looks around... And he yells out to everyone in the bathroom, Huh! Virginians, who do you think you are? Too good to pee in the sink. And he turns (laughs) around and pees in one of the sinks. Huh. At which point I said, note to self, don't ever use the sink in a West Virginian's house. Nope. Note. That's it. That's it, DeMarcus. There you go, man. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just so you know that happened. That is a true story. I was scarred for several years after. Wow. yeah. yeah. got a ye- yellow fountain going on there. It was a little a little too much for me to handle. A little too hey. much. Now <laughs> um, so now that I've ended the story about urination, I think we need to give a shout out to our international listeners. Thank them for oh. putting up with stories such as that previous story. Uh, We're going to go in order of listens, so least to most this past week from our international listeners. First off to Marcus, from the land down under, New Zealand. Shout out out. New Zealand, Zealand, a place that i got to mark off my bucket list. Guys, I'm coming. New Zealand, (laughs) I'm going to be there, and I'm going to bring with me from my next... Our next shout-out, some fantastic food. Our next shout-out, Italy. Shout-out shout out to leg. Italy. What up? Can't wait to get some more of your soul food, guys. I love it. I love it. <laughs> the bolognese sauce, outstanding.
1: Yes. Mm. Hey, somebody let me crash at a place when I come out there.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly, guys. We're looking for you. you give us a and b <laughs> for free, you know? Oh, yeah. That's what we're looking for. Next on the list, Netherlands. Shout-out to the Netherlands. There shout you out. go. And next, a constant on the list. We love them. Spain, España. Shout, shout out, shout oh, out yeah. to what España. Up, Spain. Next on the list, right? Their neighbors, France. Shout, shout out. out to France. Big yeah. shout out to France. Now we're going on the other side of Spain's neighbors. Portugal. Shout out to okay. Portugal. Shout out, shout out. Head up to the north of Europe here. United Kingdom. The United Kingdom. Shout out, UK. Shout
1: out. Big shout out, UK.
0: Then on the other side, Russia. All of Russia. Shout out to Russia. Shout out. What up, Russia? Big shout out. Now we're going to the bottom of Asia. India. Shout out to India. Shout out. There we go. India. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my man, to my man Abraham from India, former student. Shout out to Abraham. Shout out. Not him because he's in America, but you know, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, Ukraine. Shout out to the Ukraine. Shout out. Okay, big shout out. And lastly, the most international listeners from where? Ireland. Shout out, shout out Ireland. Ireland. There shout we go. Out. There we go. Land of. Land of the green rolling hills. Oh yeah. Land of I, I think lots of alcohol. Pretty sure they like to drink. Pretty sure they're oh, yeah. big into that, you know? Yeah. Um, pretty sure they're big into to poetry. Huh? They like poetry, you know. Words. Hmm. Tell tell us what you're about, Ireland. Tell us what you're about. I've never been to yeah. Ireland. Uh you know, I need to go. Another bucket yeah, we- list place.
1: Yeah, when we come to Ireland, like show us a good time. What is it? What is there to do in Ireland? Let us like, know. Let us know. Let what, us know.
0: My brother said he went there and he was really cold. It was really cold mm. the whole time, which you know I'm not a fan of cold. Nope. So right. we need to plan, Demarcus. We need to plan our trip where we go to Italy first, and we're right. we're in Italy until about the middle of July yes! or the start right, of right. August, and then we head up to Ireland in like August. So we got peak warm Ireland, you know, so we're not freezing. So
1: this is what, this is what I'm thinking. Okay. We can get our, we can get our listeners, Mm -hmm. like someone can welcome us to their place. Yeah. Invite the Dot G show over. Yeah. And we can record a show in in that country. Amen.
0: Amen. Now I don't think anybody likes us that much, but hopefully we can get to that level that they do like us that much. (laughs) And they'll let us record a show From their home. That's going to be a lot of equipment I'm going to bring. We're going to have to spare it. We're going to have to take down the equipment that I use. I'm going to have to Ah, get Spartan in the equipment. (laughs) Anyways, shout out to all of our our international listeners. We appreciate it. All of you guys keep listening. Like I say every time, you are what keeps me going. Okay, are you ready for the second birthday suit, DeMarcus? Let's bring it. Okay, this one, uh, I know you've got two, not not even worried about this, but I'm going to give you 1% because there's always that chance. So 99%. <laughs> 99. 99. So here we go. Born on December 2nd, 1981 in Macomb, Mississippi. Mm. Mm. She first started singing in the choir, started taking dance lessons when she was three. At age eight, her mom took her to an audition for the Mickey mouse club she didn't get in the mickey mouse club but she did get an agent and she moved to new york to enroll at the professional performing arts school in 1992 she did make it into the mickey mouse club along with christina aguilera justin timberlake and ryan gosling at the same time a lot of famous folks in that mickey mouse club Hmm. Uh, in 1997 she was signed to jive music label and she started her debut album titled "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time."
1: Happy birthday, Britney Spears!
0: Britney <laughs> Spears is correct. <laughs> Turning the big three nine. Can you believe it? Whoo! <laughs> Britney Spears 39. three nine. Man, it nice. seems like she's like eighty. No, I know. you know I mean she's been because <laughs> she's been around since she was yeah, sixteen. She's been around. So she's she's been been around around for for 22 years. It's insane. Crazy. So, I mean, she had her album, Oops, I Did It Again. She Mm -hmm. uh, went out with Justin Timberlake for a while. She had her third album Uh, in 2001. She got engaged to Kevin Federline. She filed for Mm -hmm. divorce two two years later. She had her fifth album, Blackout. Uh, She had a little bit of psychiatric distress there for a little while. Right, yeah. They had to commit her to a psychiatric ward. Then she came back out. She's all good. Sixth mm-hmm. album came out. She released three studio albums since then. She has sold 100 million albums worldwide. She's won a Grammy. Ooh. She is one of the few artists that has had a number one album, a number one single in three different decades. Jeez. Be Spears. Nice. Be Spears. Happy birthday, Britney. Enjoy it. If you ever it up. if you ever need to party, just let me and DeMarcus know. We can party. What? Oh, we, yeah. We can party with anybody. We oh, will, yeah. We will party. I will bring some Italian soul food. Girl, come on. You better mm-hmm. believe it. It's going to be delicious. Anyways, <laughs> DeMarcus, we are going to take a break. We will be right back with our guest of honor, Mr. Grayson Neukrutman, right here on the Doc G Show.
2: This is Rock Montana, this is Mucho Yellow, and this Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Dot G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig?
3: This is 95.5 Spinnaker Wheel, WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville.
0: Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by an insanely talented and driven drummer. He is endorsed by some of the best names in the business like Pearl Drums. He's also endorsed by Bill Burr, the comedian. And I'm pretty sure if we had an impromptu drum off, I'm betting on him versus anybody. Anybody. Mr. Grayson, Nick Grayson, how's it going, man?
2: It's going amazing. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes. Now, first off, I need to apologize to you. Uh, you know, uh, you're having to endure another interview with me. We all oh, the
2: torture, the torture.
0: <laughs> we already recorded one a couple days ago. My studio software failed on me. I would like to say this is not my fault. There have been times
2: that it was my fault. This one, I, I hijacked them. <laughs> I deleted all the files. <laughs> This one was my uh, this is this was not on me.
0: So I apologize though that you have to deal with me again.
2: It's uh, okay. I can deal another round of torture.
0: Good, good. I'm glad. Uh I, I was wondering though, when, when I did that when I said that intro, have you ever yeah. had like a one-on-one drum off? Like just like see who's better?
2: Hmm. Um no, but I did the talent show at my high school. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty funny because, you know, I'm here like, oh, I'm going to do all these stick drum things. And, uh, and I realize, like, drum things to drummers mean nothing to, like, normal people. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. So, like, if I pull out a crazy lick, it's like, oh, like that... The high school girls and guys
0: are like well okay what was that cool
2: cool, cool. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I definitely I've I've noticed that you know like I like I told you last time you know I've 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 dabbled I won't say I'm I'm a drummer I'll <laughs> say I'll dabbled mm-hmm. in drumming Wham. and it's so easy to fake to somebody that doesn't know drums that you are good at drums. Like,
2: oh yeah, you do a couple stick twirls and you're
0: a pro. Yeah, and I mean, you don't even like as long, <laughs> as long as you hit two and four on the song, they're like, oh, that guy can drum. There it is. Mm-hmm. That's, that's... And then you play a little
2: "We Will Rock You." Yeah, you're, you're golden. Sweet.
0: Exactly. So yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. But I would like to do, I would like to see like you know, you and just like a a drum off, like what lick versus lick, go at it. You know, that would we be
2: back. We could bring back like the Tonight Show drummers they used to have. They used to have Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa. Yeah.
0: We could bring those back. That would be very cool. Well, I would think it's, I don't know how, like you said, I don't know how many nor, normal non-music <laughs> like music people would be like, all right. I feel like they'd be like, what is this? Who is this? Why are they drumming so much? <laughs> this is too much. Wham. So let's see here. You are in your first semester of college. Correct. Uh, all online right now. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing yep. you got to be coming up on final exams.
2: Yeah, it's pretty much cram time for about a, I want to say about only like two weeks, mm-hmm. week and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about it. What's the hardest class right now?
2: The hardest class. Where I'm, am t- taking this one. It's called the Whole Human Artist. Mm-hmm. The hardest part of it is not the curriculum.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: the fact that I have three different teachers mm-hmm. on different states, alternate. So it kind of feels like three different classes in one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's always uh, when when they switch the teachers on you different style of lecturing oh different. Oh, yeah. Exams, everything's yep. tough.
2: Like, I have an essay for one teacher due tomorrow, and it's like, you know, you, you haven't seen that teacher in two weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't know what they expect, either. Exactly. It's, yeah. That's... Yeah. Well, okay. We'll see. We'll see how the, the, the full semester ends. Exactly. Let, let's take the listeners back to, uh, you know, what you're known for uh, right now, which would be drumming. Who knows? Maybe in the future, something else. We'll, we could, something else? Who knows? Something else could come out but for now drums you started when you were four uh, and you mentioned last time you got interested in drums because there was a shiny drum set at the store that your brother started taking sax lessons at. Yep. Now did your parents first get you a drum pad or did they like make the bold move and just get you a snare right off?
2: Well um, from my earliest recollection I was playing on pillows and then eventually a drum pad
3: Mm -hmm.
2: with these pair of drumsticks that were, I don't I think they were like five, you know, five B's. They were ridiculously thick for my (laughs) four-year-old. Gave you some
0: marching drums and marching sticks.
2: Pretty much. And then I got a drum pad. And then when I was five years old, I came home from elementary school one day, Mm -hmm. you know, happy. Mm Mm-hmm who isn't happy at that age yeah come yeah. on and all of a sudden i was like i got you a drum set and at the age you know i was like oh that's nice but i was you know i didn't really know i went upstairs <laughs> like oh what's this big thing in my room
0: <laughs> that's uh you know that's a good progression i think you know probably yeah
2: you know my my first teacher he you know i remember him talking to my mom like just see if he can hold his own and some rudiments on the pad first before you you know splurge and she you know she was holding off because obviously it's a big investment to make on something but you don't know if he'll take interest in it you don't know if he'll even play it at all yeah so it was a it was a great day when i got it though but
0: <laughs> well, i you know that's uh i told actually we had we i can't remember which like i like i told you before we had a bunch we've had a bunch of drummers on the show and i can't remember yeah. which one i was talking to, and. Mm-hmm. I remember in sixth grade when I tried out for for band and I Mm -hmm. wanted to do drums because my brother had done drums. And I remember (laughs) the the band director, you know, like not even doing rudiments, just doing sort of like rhythms on the (coughs) on the table and being like, hey, can you follow what I do and repeat this back to me? And man... She was so nice because i did not do well at any of those (laughs) like if i I was the parent or i was the band director in that situation i'd be like yeah we i i don't know what to give this kid but it shouldn't be something to do with drums (laughs) this is but (laughs) since the band needed drums they let me do it anyways and so you know it 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 worked out i i guess for both of us i guess it worked out um (laughs) But uh, so when you first started, you you mentioned your your teacher there, Justin Justin yep. Gallo. Uh, was how was that immediate that you started working with him? Like once you showed interest in the drums, or your parents like let's get him a let's let's get him a, a a teacher, or let's get him into lessons, or was it like nah, let's see how much he bangs on these pillows? Hmm. Yeah.
2: So my brother was in this pre-college program at the time and his friend in the group was the drummer mm-hmm. and I'm a, my mother becoming uh friends with his mother and they were talking about getting me some lessons and my mom said well who's who's your son's teacher and she mm-hmm. said, Oh, this amazing guy named Justin so my mother you know from what I can remember was hey you want to you know you want to learn how to do this and I said oh okay well, I don't know <laughs> And every Saturday at 3 o'clock, I would go there. And I remember the first day, walked into this his basement. He had these beautiful, still has them, beautiful Tama, exotic, star classic kits. Mm. Up against each other in pads. He had this whole setup. And I remember him teaching me, my left from my right. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I was so young. I was four years old. It was almost like... He really did teach me what my left foot and my right foot were. Mm -hmm. And then it was kind of like, I remember my mom told me a couple years later, she kind of, she kind of asked him, well, do you think, you know, this is good for him? And he said, well, we'll see. Like, we'll try it (laughs) out. doesn't work. You just, you know, no. But every Sunday, uh, Saturday at three o'clock, we'd meet at his house and that was it. And you,
0: you had no, you had no problem though, like at that age focusing like once you got in there as far as drums you were like yeah let's do this
2: he was so easy to work with you know he became and to this day kind of like an older brother figure he was just so um non-pushy non-overwhelming but in a it's it's so difficult because I never met a person who can teach that way that that well Mm -hmm. just in a sense of you know like I'm sure there's some teachers who can you know, force a kid to practice something and the kid's looking over at something else. You know, at the time, of course, I didn't have the the greatest concentration, but the way he was able to keep me engaged and for me to learn, the combination of reading, which, you know, I'm sure the, you know, combination of reading versus just mimicking what he's playing is, is one of the biggest factors for that, for sure. Yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah, I, I was actually I was I was getting ready to ask because that was what I was wondering. You brought up the left versus the right. I mean, I know mm-hmm. I know he had a huge impact on on your life. I mean, aside aside from learning left and right, what, yeah. what are like some of the <laughs> things now that you still use that he taught you during that time?
2: I mean, all my warm ups are from him all my foundational drum set playing in general mm-hmm. is what was really amazing is he gave me over those years i was with him regularly he focused on just everything mm-hmm. there was no like i'm a rock drum. no it was you're a drummer you're gonna play everything and I, by the time i was 10 you know it's not the greatest but it's like hey can you play a, a latin beat and, yeah, I could play a Latin beat because he would give me like two or three. It was almost like um, you're learning math and you have like two or three set equations for each unit.
3: Mm-hmm. He
2: said, I need a Latin beat. Okay, I knew at least two or three to play, which could pass me by if he said jazz, I could play at least two or three good. But he made sure I was able to read. I had a, a good feel for each one. But he really gave me a foundation of just take it slow, perfect a couple things. Don't, you know, try to perfect everything. Don't go... It's better to focus on a couple key part parts instead of spreading yourself so thin that you're just kind of eh on everything. But you can play a lot of. It.
0: <laughs> he was he's right in that sweet spot of too specific, too general. Right in exactly. there. Nice. Exactly. Nice. Well, you know, I uh, we mentioned this. Uh, again, in the lost file, as I'll refer lost, to it.
2: The lost recording.
0: Yeah, uh, but I I went back into YouTube, and I love to do this with all the guests, actually. I went back, and I found during that time, because I really feel like your, your sort of drumming life is broke up into, like, four segments. It's, mm-hmm. like, four to ten, and then... Ten to like thirteen ish where uh, and then thirteen to like fourteen, and then fourteen and beyond. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's the split. But so I went back and your mom actually posted a video of when you were eight in two thousand ten. Uh, mm-hmm. and you are with a, a summer camp band and she titled it the first time Grayson has played with a band and uh you My debut. Yes. And you <laughs> I mean you've got you got a groove going back there. It's only because of the cowbell <laughs> man behind me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you like the one thing I want to say about you though, it is it's very impressive because I mean, you know, most 8-year-olds obviously there's not real too much coordination with them and you tell them to do mm-hmm. one thing with a foot and you tell them to do one thing with a hand and they're going to get yep. tired and they're going to start playing with some shiny object that's on the drum set. Um, <laughs> but it is still hard to believe. I mean, I know it's been 10 years since that video, but it's hard to believe to see you playing there and then to fast forward to a 2020 video and be like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> there is a lot... A lot of progress. And I mean, that's where I can really see all the practice you put in. Mm. Like, obviously, it's just, yep. it's insane, the 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 progression. But you mentioned it, and the listeners need to check this out. If they go look at this video. Oh, no. <laughs> there's the dude behind, so you guys are playing Bill Haley, Rock Around the Clock. And there's a dude behind Grayson. Looks to be I don't know. He's fairly young. He's like 25 or so and yeah. he is playing a cowbell and he is just yeah. getting it. He is He's,
2: he's it, grooving that
0: cowbell. Well, the funny part is too. It takes him a little bit to start grooving. Like he at the start of the song he's like not really sure about it. He's like maybe. And then he like sort of relaxes <laughs> into it and by the end he's just like yeah. Yes. <laughs> And I got you you know who that cowbell player is. I don't do. You? Oh, I wow. do. Oh man. But you're not going to you're not going to embarrass him on the podcast. I won't
2: I won't embarrass him.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> he knows who he is if he is listening. Cowbell player, you know who you he are. He knows who he is. He knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, your career has sort of broke mm-hmm. up into these parts and so 4 to 10 was sort of you, the I, the beginning years, the 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 fun recreational years, and then at yeah. ten, you you got sick all of a sudden around New Year's. You get like sick to your stomach. Uh, yeah. Ex- explain to the listeners sort of the process you went through as far as this this illness and recognizing how you know serious it got.
2: Yeah. So it was. Um New Year's Day, 2013. Mm -hmm. I remember we went on a little trip that day uh, out east to the beach. It was, oh, New Year's. Let's get some good food. Come home that night. Sick to my stomach. It felt like the um, stomach virus lasts about three days. And I go to the the pediatrician and they say, oh, it's fine. Stomach virus. He doesn't have temperature. Nothing, nothing. No weird swelling. It's fine. You know, just a virus. Mm -hmm. All right. About a week, week and a half goes by. Mom, I'm still terribly sick. All right, let's go back to the doctor. Virus. That's what they say. Maybe it's just a really bad one. Another two weeks goes by. Still sick. Couldn't keep food down. Was losing weight. Very weak. Mm -hmm. I uh, could only really take down Gatorade and like ice cream, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Went back to the doctor and, and they said, oh, you know, I remember, I don't think they pulled me out of the room, but they told my mom, like, right, pretty much in front of me, to be honest with you. Maybe something in school. Is it something in the household? I looked at that pediatrician. I wanted to punch her in the face so <laughs> hard. Ten years old. She's telling me I'm faking this. <laughs> and you were my, like my I, father felt the same way my father oh my god he almost lost it on this woman
0: you were like Boy, i should old. go into acting if i'm if i'm that good at faking oh, this seriously? disease
2: I, I was like i gotta quit drums and you know win an oscar <laughs> I'm like, fake this wow i can fake losing weight too like wow <laughs> so i weeks moving five and they tell us to go to a gastroenterologist oh thank god we go there they still don't know they do a bunch of tests um, they hypothesize it might be my gallbladder. They, they do a sonogram I'm put through all these crazy tests. They eventually, um, do two or three endoscopies. They, they biopsy everything, nothing They're, They still don't know. They do Botox in my throat. Mm. So finally, um, we had no answers. And one night about, I want to say its close to five or six months later after new year's. My dad says, we just can't wait any longer. We've had tests. We've had this. He gets in the car. We get in the car. It's like 8 o'clock at night. We drive two and a half hours to Wild Cornell. We go in there, emergency room, and we tell him what's up, what, what we've been going through. And they, they bring the top gastroenterologist in. He sees me. And, and actually, uh, I, should, I, sk- I shouldn't skip too forward. I actually had one test back in my hometown at the local hospital. Mm-hmm. I was torturous pure torture they put a tube up your nose down your throat into oh. your stomach
3: oh. while you're awake
2: no no numbing no nothing mm. like a covid test from b- yeah um and they have and the worst part is they they make you eat and drink so all of a sudden this woman hands me a cup oh it's not water it's it's salt water i have to drink saline Ugh. because apparently like it'll activate the sensor or whatever. And then they're handing me a cookie. What do they do with the cookie? They dip it in saline. It, it, was, it was a comedy show. So that test showed that I had no motility in my esophagus. Mm. But they didn't know what was causing it. They didn't really know the course of treatment. So that's when they said, we can't help you. And my dad drove me to, the, to that hospital in the city. So mm. go back to the hospital. So we're there at the hospital. We tell him that I've had this test. We bring him the test results. Mm-hmm. He says, okay, well, the, we have and uh, one option, basically. We're going to cut your son open. <laughs> Right down his chest, and we're gonna basically do the equivalent of like a spinal fusion to your what we have in your back, but to his esophagus, we're gonna cut him open because um, he has something called achalasia. Man, Extreme, extremely rare. There's less than twenty thousand cases a year in the U.S., even less in kids. Very, very rare. So that night we spent in the hospital on my mom, and for me, you know, I'd been out of school for months now. I had a, a home tutor. It was frightening, but a little bit. Um, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Well, I was I was gonna I was gonna ask like yeah. I mean because I was thinking about this and like going through an illness like that I can only imagine because I I have an insane hypochondriac brain and yep. like going through something like even at an age of ten I yep. would just be all consumed of like well. Whatever this is, I'm going to die from it. That's what
2: happened the second time around, which we'll get to. Mm. The, th- the thirteen, which I actually never talked about in the the lost files. I'll I'll explain. <laughs> it. It's actually good that that they lost it. Yeah, get a little yeah, further. That's an Important part. Yeah. Because, so, um, we're in this hospital, and that night was pretty rough. I didn't sleep at all. The next morning, we had one more test. They were going to do a, It's called the barium swallow study. Mm-hmm. You basically swallow radioactive barium, and they they take a photo and X-ray where they see how you're, you know, how it's going through you. Yeah. When they did it they saw, it kind of looks, if you envision a triangle, my stomach is kind of look like a triangle. Mm. That little point. Yeah. So no food was able to go down. Meanwhile, meanwhile, this time, I'm rail thin, losing my hair. Oh. All these things are going wrong. And um, my, my father's in the room, outside of the x-ray room, with the tech. She pulls him aside, and says, you know, Jeff, can, can I talk to you? And he says, yeah. And she says, listen, if I were you, I would not go along with this surgery and he said well why and she she explained just how radical it is you know they they do all these graphic things i won't get into They you know, tie your stomach they do this all, all this yeah. crazy stuff and if in 20 years there's a better treatment my life has changed already it's, it's yeah. permanent can't ever treat this a different way yeah so she said go to either the mayo clinic or go to boston children's hospital mm-hmm we did more research and asked around, and we found a doctor who had done, I, it was either thirty nine, or forty of these procedures for kids, ever in the world. He was he's number one in the world. Man, his name is Doctor Nurko.
0: Doctor Nurko, shout, shout out, out. Dr.
2: <laughs> Nurko! Oh yeah he saved my life. He's at uh, Boston Children's Hospital. So the problem was, the, the wait list was about a year. Mm. So my dad knew a, uh, one of his clients because he's a financial advisor mm-hmm. who knew somebody who was at Boston Children's Hospital. And we were able to force basically an appointment earlier. Just, you know, please, 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 Yeah, you know, whatever that we were able to get one. We drove up there, met with Dr. Nurk and his team. And I remember my case, you know, of course, I was oblivious because I was 10 years old. But I remember they were saying my case is so rare that they, um, the, the one woman, she was really nice. She was like a. Uh, physician's assistant or something. She she was taking pictures. She asked my parents if she could take pictures of my my chart. because <laughs> <laughs> She was going to medical school, and and she had never seen something this bad.
0: And you're like, man, that makes me feel so good. Thanks. Yeah.
2: So, <laughs> so he says, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to do a dilation where basically they put a balloon down there and open it up. Mm-hmm. But it's not permanent. It could be come back in six months. It could come back in a year. It could come back in 10 years. We don't know. Mm. They do the dilation in the hospital for one night i'm pretty sure and then i i um remember my first meal boston market it was boston market with cream of spinach on the side yes i saw the light at that end of the tunnel and this whole time i'd been practicing on a pad in the in the hospitals at home and you know i'd gotten quite a bit better but it was kind of like wow i can go back to school now i've gotten better drums like my life seemed like it was just you know on the up and up, everything yeah. was getting better. Um, so I was able to return to a pretty normal life for about a year, uh, six months to a year.
0: Now, you like you said, you were practicing more. How much would you say you were practicing while you were sick there that first time?
2: Because of how weak I was, it, it depended. But there were some days I couldn't get out of bed, but then there were some days I was, I, I, I just I was like, huh, I'm missing school. But um, it depended. I mean, I was. I remember distinct days. I used to sit with a bag of lollipop in my bed watching Jojo Mayer that is on technique and I would practice four on each hand eight on each hand but I would probably four or five hours a day I mean mm. school was like you know what are you doing in fifth, sixth grade not much yeah especially a home tutor I mean I had the tutor and then that was it I would practice and wait to be <laughs> honest with you
0: and, and so you, like you said you're, you're better for a year year and a half yep and then you start getting symptoms this time not not uh, feeling sick as far as like throwing up, but like pneumonia.
2: Yeah, so I got back to my sports. I used to play soccer when I was very little. I was able to get back to um, hockey. I started playing hockey in that time. Started making new friends. It was great. It was. Um, I had just got in, got moved into seventh, seventh grade, and so new school, new everything. Yeah, making new friends, all this stuff, and all of a sudden pneumonia. And <clears throat> I remember distinctly going to the doctor. Oh, it's pneumonia. Here's an inhaler. All right, fine. Now, this is the weird part. I had already had an inhaler because they claimed I already had asthma since I was about seven or eight. Yeah. Because when I was like five or six, when I was playing soccer, I needed an inhaler because they thought it was like uh, exercise-induced asthma. Yeah. And I would always get croup when I was little. So there was like all these little signs that were like, something is off. I had a vocalized vocal uh, paralyzed vocal cord when I was you know, a baby, when I was first born. Mm-hmm. And so... Now they think it's asthma again. You know, it's just a bad bout of asthma and pneumonia, whatever. Chest x-rays, they're clear. All right. It's inflammation, whatever. A whole nother thing. I'm out of school again. Another tutor. Now it's more difficult because school was, you know, getting harder. You're more independent. You're switching classes. And I was also terrified because when I was in fifth grade, that fifth grade teacher failed me for being out of school for the first time. Oh. Yeah, basically, now I'm terrified you know oh my god what's gonna happen now i'm out again and now instead of a gastroenterologist now we're going a pulmonologist and finally the pulmonologist says well you know you need to go on steroids you need to go on corticosteroids so all right Mm -hmm. little did i know the damage that would cause yeah those things for six months on and off on and off all of a sudden all that weight i'd lost you know, I'd gained it back normally. Now I'm going way over the scales, the opposite way. I'm blown up like a balloon. My face literally looked like an Oompa Loompa.
0: Well, now now you're you you you're taking a steroid that causes different uh, metabolism. And then exactly. on, on top of that, you're not really restricted from eating anymore because they solved yep. that issue. Yep. So. And
2: so I'm gaining this weight. We don't know what's wrong. And eventually they're, they're telling me that I'm going to have to spend like weeks in the hospital with like antibiotics, if they can't figure out what's wrong because they're thinking it's a terrible pneumonia. Yeah. Eventually, a pulmonologist says, listen, you need to go back up to Boston Children's Hospital. Now, we're thinking we need to go back up there to see a pulmonologist. Yeah. No, we need to see Dr. Nurko again. (laughs) We see Dr. Nurko, and he says, you need a second dilation. (laughs) Here I'm thinking, oh, not again. They didn't need to do another study, thankfully, but he said basically what's happening is when people, you know, drink excess alcohol and they fall asleep and they aspirate and they can die, you know, that kind of thing. I was doing that for years, mm. a little bit of food at a time, aspirating into my lungs. Mm. So they did a dilation and I went home and now I was left, you know, completely overweight. And now at the time, honestly depressed. I was out of school. I had all these troubles, issues. Yeah. But finally, that disease was kind of put on the, the, the back burner, so to speak. And thankfully, I've been fine. On that uh, side, ever since.
0: Well, I would have I would have Doctor Nerko on on speed dial at all. T-
2: <laughs> yeah, Doctor Nerko plays a big role in my life. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: Even if I if, if I if I had any symptoms, hey, Doctor Nerko, my my thumb hurts. What's going on <laughs> there? Is that anything related? Is that? He's a
2: sweet sweet man.
0: Well, now wh- while you were the the second bout. You, like mm-hmm. you said you were still practicing and that was the time that you actually started what you're most known for I think from everybody knowing your Instagram videos yep. your mom actually started you on Instagram
2: she saw I was really down and it was just more lonely than when I was in fifth grade because I, I you know I don't know I think fifth grade I was kind of just I was young I was didn't really have feelings about missing people. It was just you know different. You get older, more yeah. Mature. There's so, there's a
0: big split between elementary and and sort of middle school, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: And um, my mom. saw, I was practicing so much playing the songs, and she said, "Oh, this Instagram thing." And I remember she saw some other um drummers on there. She's like, "I should post videos." And I think at that time, like you said, she had already posted a couple on YouTube, but she she thought of oh, these can be like quicker because at the time is fifteen seconds. Yeah. She just posted quick clips, and we did it the whole time I was sick. We would make a video every day, every other day, whatever. We'd just go downstairs, and I would play, I'd play a groove. I played a song in my headphones. Mm-hmm. It kind of just became a routine for us. But I never thought anything of it. Not, a, not a care in the world. I just, said, all right, whatever. Yeah,
0: so- which I mean is is sort of like the exact opposite of most, you know, kids getting into Instagram. It's them. Yep doing it and not the parent being like hey let's make these make these videos but like one of the big things that really actually inspired you on there was getting a comment from travis barker yep on one of your your posts now i i can only imagine how much that had to psych you up as a drummer
2: it was crazy I didn't really realize the the level of it. I didn't realize, oh, my God, you know, just how crazy it is. But as I got older, I was like, holy crap.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've wondered this, too, because, you know, obviously one of the things you do the most on Instagram is you you have your recreations of solos. But, you you know, Travis, he started doing a whole bunch of, you know, taking pop songs and rap songs And and just laying insane drum tracks over them. Have you have you ever thought about doing that? Putting that on Instagram, like one like that.
2: I did a ton of Eminem songs. I did a ton of um, a ton of different stuff a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. But then that kind of got. When I started doing that was the time I took it over Mm -hmm. the Instagram, and also the time when you know we're talking more recently we're talking within the past like two years now even less than that honestly we're pretty recently like was when i kind of took it over completely actually consciously um realizing the opportunity the power of it yeah and the insights and using it more as a um honestly a business yeah than just like hey i'm trying to get famous like all those you know insta insta people that are like oh I I just want to be famous. Get follows No, it's it's a it's a tool. It's not you know. Yeah, it's not well, always fun. But it's a tool you gotta you know if you want to take it seriously, you can take it seriously.
0: I mean, honestly, it's got you. How many endorsements from? Correct. Yeah, I mean that's that's a huge deal. I'm sure a lot yep. of, I'm sure a lot of drummers out there would like it. Now, um, that's actually where I found you was on Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. I was cruising around my search page. And I'm always interested how the algorithms uh, start pushing you towards things like, I mean, it's it's instant. It's As soon as you reload it, all of a sudden it's new things that you've been looking at that you're like, man, you yeah. tricky guys on Instagram. And that's
2: one of the things I started really looking into is like, you know, I realize all these people, oh my God, they're getting so many views. It's like, it's all a game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Play the game to Instagram's liking. That's how to be successful I'll be honest with
0: you yeah well i and
2: that's things to get on people's explore page get on people's explore page yeah. have them see have them see it
0: yeah and i mean so you know i was going through and i've liked enough drum things and i follow enough of the follow uh the former drummers that have been on the show that you know i i was i was getting a couple of drum things throughout my uh my explorer and uh mm-hmm. i came across nate smith solo And I was like, "Of course, I got to give it a like." So I give it a like, and then when I come back the next day, there you are, (laughs) and and there's your picture of Nate Smith in the corner, and I'm like, "This guy gonna is he gonna is he gonna do this? (laughs) Is this gonna happen?" No, he won't. No. Well, and, you know, I thought, like, honestly, I did. I thought it was going to be some f- poor version that you're just like, come on, man. And I was like, that's that's no for note. That is, like, when did you first start thinking, like, recreating solos, this will grab people's attention?
2: So I started, you know, when I was playing with my mom doing it, I was just playing random grooves and things I was learning and sometimes songs in my head, you know, in my headphones. There was a time when... I remember my mom said, Wow Grayson, like the jazz ones do really good.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I remember I did a couple jazz ones and I wanna say mine have been Buddy Rich. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I mean, I think I already did the song, but I never did it like this video. What if I like played exactly what he was playing? Mm-hmm. And sure enough I did it and it was a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah at the time it was got like thirty thousand views, which was a lot at the time for me. I was like, Wow. Yeah. I was like, "This is this is cool." But <laughs>
0: it's it's funny because you know I was I was uh, talking to my parents this past weekend, mm-hmm. and I was explaining you know how good of a drummer you were and and how I was excited about you being on the show yeah. and like I started bringing up different people that you had you know recreated their their solos mm-hmm. and like none of them were hitting. I was like John Bottom, and they're like, meh. And like I mean they're of that age like they they know Led Zeppelin obviously but yeah. like for some reason that age group Buddy Rich is like that just you know name that he, all of a sudden spikes he was like a
2: an, an icon.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, I said Buddy Rich. Like, no, what? They're recreating a <laughs> Buddy Rich solo? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I mean it's it's like I told you, I mean, my favorite solos that you recreate are the bottoms just because... Okay. He- He just seems, so, like, Bonham also seems so, I mean, Buddy Rich seems cool when he's doing his, but he also seems, like, Buddy Rich almost seems angry when he's playing. Like, there's this, like, he's like, ugh, like, taking it out, whereas, like, Bonham just has this, like, I'm just grooving on his face, just like, I'm yep. feet. to take on everything of the artist when you do those recreations
2: yeah i do um and what's really funny is i get a lot of crap for like especially the buddy ones mm-hmm. whenever it gets re- they're always like it's all right it was close <laughs> and i know the reason saying that the reason they're saying that is because th- i don't use nearly his technique you know my, my technique works for me and i don't use his So it doesn't look exactly the same, but it it, it is. Like, at the end of the day, it kind of is a game where people don't want to see me play a buddy ritual and see me, like, sitting back in, you know, sweatpants and a t-shirt and, like, eh, it's, you know, so easy. You have to, like, give it a little bit. (laughs) The John Bonham one, you can kind of... But, like, you just have to have that. behind it. I've made videos where it's literally the same video, but if I have a different vibe to me the views are completely different
0: yeah it's amazing to me and it's sometimes hard to find like you were saying just the what the viewer is looking for
2: at the end of the day i'm not playing to just post a video yeah i'm not, I'm not posting a video just to post a video i'm not posting a video to um you know like oh how groovy no i'm posting a video because i want to get more follows, i want to get more views i want to get more likes i want to grow i want to grow
0: yeah, you want you want and to get.
2: That's not to sound very like selfish, but it's you have to do what works. You, you want and it's to, not always what's musical. It's not always what's you know what they you know what they want to hear.
0: You want to get the attention of the 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 people that can help your career. That's exactly. Now the the last time we talked, we talked about some other drummers. You know, yep. I think some of the 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 rock fans out there. You, you always hear Neil Pert. Uh, thrown out because he is. I mean, he has the epic kits. He has the epic now, and and that's when I asked you if you were thinking about doing some Neil Pert, and you said, "Well, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to expand the kit for that one." Yeah. Ha- have you ever thought about? I mean, because you you seem to use the the same kit that you've got there. Have you ever mm-hmm. thought about having like a couple of different kits to go at it? To be honest
2: with you. I used to play with a way bigger kit. I used to like model my kit after Carter Beaufort of Dave Matthews Band when I was a lot, very young. Actually, when I was sick, that's what I was doing. I was trying to set up the drum set like his. <laughs> but uh, honestly, I got to a point like within the past like two years where I said the coolest drummers to me are those drummers that can play on a four-piece kit and play anything. Yeah, I mean, if you look, watch like one of my favorites is um Michael Shreve. He's playing with Santana on that kit, mm-hmm. but then you are playing he's playing jazz on that kit. It's like they're different drummers, but they're all using the same sizes. Yeah. And if I can play all these different styles, I almost want to use it as like a statement. The yeah. same way these videos as a statement of like look at me, I don't need to use all that and it's cool like if you can afford to buy, but I'd rather like go crazy on a four piece
0: (laughs) no no and and i i I get it i mean i see a lot of drummers out there that and 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 you're right like that's the thing it's like most of the best drummers out there you you don't need that kit oh you you can you can make it and and that's the thing it's (laughs) like that you see some guys out there not even i mean just a hi-hat snare and and a bass and you're like yep Wow. Philly
2: Joe Jones, he played on one of the greatest, you know, jazz records ever. Mm-hmm. My, you know, milestones by Miles Davis. He played, there's a famous photo. He's using a hi-hat, snare drum, bass drum, floor tom and a ride cymbal. Mm. No rack tom, no crash cymbal. Just that. Man. And I I love that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely. I mean, it get it it's impressive when you can make it happen uh, obviously yep. you know and and i think that comes down to a lot of the the musicians that that i talk to you know the, the if you can make it sound good with the most simple things then the better you are obviously like you yep. don't you don't need any tricks and uh mm-hmm. it's obviously been getting uh, noticed in yourself as i mentioned mm-hmm. at the start uh bill burr is someone that took (laughs) notice he talked about you on his podcast which again listeners are going to find this weird but apparently it's more popular than my podcast i look i look into it it's slightly Uh, more popular than our podcast it may be because he's world famous and he's hosted saturday night live and i have done i'm i'm neither of those things but you know (laughs) Um. Still, uh, you 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 mentioned how you figured that you found this out. Now he followed you first. Yeah. And you know, and then you started hearing from people on your page mm-hmm. telling you that he was, you know, that he shouted you out, and you're like, what?
2: How people did- started? I'm here from Bill Burr, and I said, okay, like I didn't <laughs> answer the first like, three, and then you know, first one, and then the second one, they're like, you know, um, thanks. Thanks, Bill Burr, for showing me this kid. And I'm like, all right, maybe he's showing, like, a group of his friends. Mm. Yeah, I think he'd be, if he was showing a group of friends, they would be, like, you know, Burt Kreischer and all these other people, Joey Diaz. <laughs> no, they're like, they're, like, private accounts. And I'm like, all right, like, what does he do, like, show it at a, like, a show? Like, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's, like, five more people. And I was just like, wait a minute. So then I DM one of the people, you know, random people. And I said, hey, quick question. What do you mean you found me from Bill Burr? <laughs> <laughs> And they said, Yo, dude, uh, thank you for writing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Well, how did you find me? Like, tell me, please tell me. <laughs> and like, oh, 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 oh. Because they went on a tangent. I was like, Oh, oh, uh, he shouted you out on his podcast uh. at whatever the time was, like 17, blah, blah. And I was like, Man, he even
0: gave you the time. Nice. Yeah, the
2: guy gave me the time and the link. And I was like, Wait a minute, what? <laughs> and I have that, um, the podcast shout out as one of the highlights on my page. Because it, it's, like it's like the moment I you know gained a lot of followers i'll say that it was it was a big moment for me
0: no doubt no doubt i mean have you ever thought have you ever thought about reaching out to to bill and see if he wants to jam sometimes since he's a driver. i have
2: talked to Bill multiple times actually through instagram it's so fun I, I went to his um recent show in connecticut nice so yeah we have become Somewhat of like I'm honored to say friends.
0: <laughs> nice.
2: He's a he's a very nice guy. Now, very ha- nice.
0: Have you got have you got has he ha- have you got to play any drums yet around him?
2: Hopefully soon. Hopefully mm-hmm. when all this craziness comes, you know, ends, we'll yeah. be able to. Nice
0: man. Yeah, that'd be. I I know. I mean, like, as far as I guess I don't know what you'd call it recreational drummers he's a mm-hmm. he's about as he's about as uh you know fan fantastic and excited about it as you can get he oh yeah he loves some drums man and, and you know he did, i i've watched him in a couple of those uh celebrity like fundraisers that he's done and mm-hmm. he, can, he can hold his own not bad not bad <laughs> um yeah he's I mean, no grayson but you know not bad yeah, it was speaking of that we we mentioned this last time and this mm-hmm. this is uh something that just it it gets me like we said your your Instagram is popular. You've got 116,000 mm-hmm. followers and yep. it's 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 way more than most folks, but mm-hmm. you've got all kinds of folks on Instagram that are your age that you know have to 15, 20, 40 million, and mm-hmm. they don't do anything. Nope. Yeah. They mm. don't have,
2: some, are, and, some are younger.
0: <laughs> and and you mentioned, you know, last time we were talking, you said, oh, the dancers on TikTok. And I mean, yes, but even those people like at least have something. I mean, yeah. it's it's not the hardest dance, but there are people that don't even do that, that don't yep. even dance. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, does this make you angry? Because it it makes me angry for you yeah. that like I see this and I'm just like they they don't do anything. This dude is uh, over yeah. here practicing his uh, off, and you yeah. guys are just hanging out. And hey, I've got eight million followers. Cool. Yeah.
2: I don't get mad. I just um, it kind of just makes me work harder. But at the same time, it's like I will never stoop to that level. Nice. I, I will I don't care I, I I'm I refuse to you know wear something you know I've worn a suit and the reason I wore a suit was not because of you know you know views the reason I wore a suit is because I got sick of people telling me yeah, it's cool. You can do this, Art Blakey card, but he's wearing a suit in the video, and you're wearing a T-shirt. So I don't think you could do it with a suit. So I said, "Oh my, let me just put on a, a suit and and show you that I can play just as quick." You know, so
0: they honestly thought that the suit. I yeah. mean, I understand and that a suits restrictive,
2: but they still think, they still comment that all the time. <laughs> <It's> pretty funny, <laughs> but I mean, I'll never. I have no interest in making videos. You know, people people always um. And it, I actually, I like when people comment these things because it just kind of gets under their skin. And, it, and it, I don't know, it gives me some weird satisfaction of like, hey. <laughs> you know, but people are always like, well, why don't you get better lights? Why don't you get a better camera? Why don't you get better mics? And it's like, why okay, don't you?
3: Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. My, my answer is my Venmo is blah, 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 blah. No, I don't actually say this, but in my head, I'm like, okay, um, if you want me to get better mics, um, you can pay me for yeah. the mics. Just buy the mics. <laughs> I have zero interest. I don't need fancy colors. I don't need fancy costumes. Fancy headwear. I don't need fancy lights. The you know the best the ones I love the most are the ones where it's like multiple camera shots. I don't have the time for that. I use my phone. Yeah. On a conga. I put my phone on a tripod on top of a conga so I can get high enough. <laughs> it's so basic. It's it's the the mics are from when I was seven years old. That's it. It's like a two hundred dollars. Yeah so each mic is probably ten dollars i don't know yeah it's like the overhead you could get but i'm happy
0: yeah well and i mean that that's again it goes back to like you were talking about with the kit you don't if it if it's impressive you don't need all these other things and
2: yeah i actually another thing is like people always ask me what sticks are you that's a whole whole other thing or symbols whatever sticks yeah Listen, what sticks do I use? I had no and no nothing. I would go to the store, I'd buy whatever is cheapest. To me, this is the most controversial thing, and again, it gets under their skin, so I love it. They say, Oh, there has to be pitch match, that's cool. But I just use two random sticks. Like a <laughs> seven, five A, two B two b like it just whatever. Yeah. You know, I grew up there. I grew up, you know, you make things you you solve the problem, you make things work. Yeah. And some people aren't fortunate enough. To just have the luxury of having a thousand five A's perfectly pitch matched so I don't want to give that impression of oh the gear is the gear is what makes you good.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I I mean it it is amazing though just to me just the the whole it, we and we we talked about this before but like the whole just the need of these people to comment these things. Oh like, yeah i don't understand why a person would need to say that like even if i was thinking in my head like he should be using different sticks i wouldn't put that like
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> i would just be like you know in the comments there was one the other day it was like he should see an orthodontist there was one who was like oh he should see an orthopedist <laughs> um what else did i there was uh there's a ton of like technique ones there's also a ton of style ones like oh he does he can't he can't hold a swing beat he can't he doesn't have a groove
0: well and it's so funny i mean just i mean i know i know obviously it is a thing but like the the keyboard warrior mentality oh like i guarantee you put that person in front of you and they'd just be like oh you're great man that's good you're playing (laughs) like i love
2: how they're all no name accounts they're usually like no profile photo
0: private yeah
2: the best ones for me are the ones that tell me I'm using um, the wrong gear. Like, some person the other day was like, Oh, that crash symbol's too wow. heavy. <laughs> and I was like, What? Like, what are you talking about?
0: You're like, For what? But for like, what? How, how do you know that the crash is particularly for what I'm doing?
2: Yeah, it's. I have no idea. And it's so funny because there's some people that feel a need to write a paragraph. I'm not even kidding. Instead, sometimes instead of like watching Netflix, I'll just read like a thread. And I'm so thankful because I have so many supporters that will, um, will like defend me.
0: Yeah.
2: So usually people go back at them. but yeah. There was one, um, it was actually after the, the lost interview. So oh. the, it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to single the person out, but basically it was about me. Um, they, they assumed I didn't know how to play rudiments. What? <laughs> and the hilarity of that statement they, they claimed that I was too comfortable on the drum set too too comfortable hmm it's just it's just, i don't think these people i i, I kind of feel bad like they have nothing better to do <laughs>
0: i i mean honestly though what you're playing with, with like the buddy riches and all the things that you've shown and just your grooves and things like that how could they think oh this guy doesn't know rudiments
2: I have no clue like how I have no clue.
0: What you think he's going to put a practice pad in front of you? Oh, oh no. Oh, you found my weakness. Even though I could play these rudiments across the kit,
2: I have no idea how to do it here. That one really kind of like made me think for a couple hours. You know those thoughts that just stick in the back of your head after them? Oh, yeah. I'm in the car and I'm like, how can I not know rudiments? Yeah. Yeah. Like in the video they were commenting on, half of it was just like drags and roughs and was like i'm like what like That's it's awesome. so odd what it is
0: yeah i man wow wow it was funny wow funny. uh mm-hmm. so last question um yeah. what do you want to do with the drums ultimately because i mean obviously you have a lot of avenues you can go down
2: exactly you know like i said in the lost files <laughs> I've always been that, you know, hard worker like we were just talking about. And to me, the ultimate would be just taking as many opportunities as I can get that are worth, you know, I'm not going to play like a painless gig. I'm trying to say, you know, like a free gigs, whatever. Not that, but I think whatever comes to me is in any style you throw at me, I want to feel confident in the way of, okay, done. You want to go on tour? All right, let's go. You want to go in the studio record record? Let's do it. Nice. And who knows, 20 years down the road, a steady band Sure, but right now, my goal would be, you know, a role model. Role model number one for me would be Vinny Calyuta. Nice. Plays with everybody, tours with everybody, plays in every record record you can name here, there, all over the world. That that would be something because, you know, I could never see myself in like an office job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, have you have you have you got any request yet to record?
2: I've been doing a lot of recording remotely now obviously with all this COVID stuff, in my home, right in my basement. And I've done a lot of work from that. And honestly, it's really satisfying because of how different everybody is. Yeah. And and it was pretty funny going into school because um, honestly, a lot of the professors and the kids knew me from Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) And um, one of my professors, he's in his studio when he teaches. And he's like, oh, we, we gotta like record something in my studio one day, like in front of all the other kids. That class, nobody knew who I was <laughs> and I'm so happy they didn't. And, but then again, they all found it eventually, but it's like, I don't like the spotlight. I, I'm not that kind of person. So it was awkward, but it's funny that I have this opportunity to work with so many people. Yeah. Just from Instagram. So really whatever opportunity comes my way, I'll take.
0: I'm, I'm betting there are going to be a lot more soon. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm betting. Oh, I'm, boy. I'm betting they're coming. Grayson. Uh, I want to thank you, though, man, for taking the time. Once again, round two for talking with us today, man.
2: Thank you for having me. Seriously, it's an honor.
0: Yes, listeners, you can watch Grayson Do His Thing on Instagram, Grayson underscore Nick Rootman. That's N-E-K-R-U-T-M-A-N or on YouTube. Same name. Right now, let's take a listen to one of our old friends off of the show, the Blackwater Fever with My Weakness right here on The Doc Q Show.
3: side of heaven's door I had to wait, can not take it no more Cause I brooded and I see
0: on the Doc G Show. Grayson Necrutman. Fantastic. Before or after that, we had the Blackwater Fever with that second fantastic single. (laughs) Hats off to the fellas in the Blackwater Fever. You have done a terrific job on those jams. And hats off to Grayson, man. What a story. What a story. I went longer than I normally do, Demarcus. Hmm. I mean, I was... I just couldn't stop talking to the dude. He had a, such an yep. interesting story, man. I mean, I don't know. Like I, I told him in that interview. I don't know what. I don't know what. I. I'm too much of a hypochondriac. As soon mm. as that started to happen to me, I'd be like, "Well, I'm dying. That's all that's <laughs> going on here. Jeez, that's, right. that's horrible. I'm, so, you know, like." And he didn't seem yeah. nope. like he said he was worried, but like he didn't seem that bothered by. Like he just kept on trucking, kept on playing the drums, man. Impressive. Yes, that's definitely impressive, man. Impressive. I can't wait for Grayson to do amazing things in the music industry. And you know what? I'm going to tell people, hey, before he did those amazing things, he was on the Doc G show. So true. That's all I'm saying. He was right here. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. I'm just going to leave that there for you. You can do whatever you want with it. Just, Just let you know. Is what I'm going to do. <laughs> but thanks to Grayson again for being on the show. Fantastic. Shout out. Shout out to him. Okay, DeMarcus, it is time for that fantastic segment in the show known as Jordan Shoe and Tell. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Now, I know what All you're right. saying. You're saying, what shoe you got, Ben? Let me know. I, I, I'm ready for this one. I brought the fire today. I brought okay. the real deal. This is one of the best. I, I want to say it's my second favorite. I'm going to... I had to smell a little bit of the new shoe there. You to smell the shoe. <laughs> mm, there it is. Uh, but I want to say this is my second. I don't know if I can say it's my second, but it's very close to my second favorite shoe of my collection. I have mm. got... The Infrared Sixes, my friend. Ooh. Infrared Sixes. The number six, black and red, got the 3M reflective on the side. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you. Those are pretty dope. This is a pre- prestigious shoe. Now, Now, we already had the Carmine Sixes, which I did say were my favorite shoes. But these, as I just mm-hmm. said, are not far behind. And there's several reasons cause that. This is a true mm. story, DeMarcus. This is the first shoe I remember seeing Jordan play in. So true. Mm. These were the first shoes back in 91. This was it. This was Jordan mm. for me. The 91 finals against the Lakers. The switch hand layup. These were the shoes he was wearing. To me, these are basketball shoes. Like that, mm. that like in the in the Webster's dictionary basketball right. shoe, this is this is what comes up.
1: That's the shoe you're going to see.
0: This is it, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, oh, my gosh. It's just so... It, if you told the six-year-old me I would be holding one of these, I'd be like, Say what? well, I guess you're a millionaire and you're the greatest <laughs> person ever in the history of the world, right? Because, like, right. that's it's what these shoes meant to me, man. They're so amazing. They just... And Tinker did such an amazing job with the design on these. Just the the bottoms of these shoes are works of art. They just everything about this shoe is just amazing. If I could get like thirty pairs of these shoes, I would. (laughs) I would, man. They are amazing. This is the twenty seventh of Shoe and Tell. Now, I will mention too. These are the original. Infrareds, meaning that they have the original Nike Air on the back. That's right. Mm. So some of the reissues, some of the retro editions of this shoe, instead of having the Nike Air, have a Jordan emblem back there. But, of course, mm. on the original sixes, there was no Jordan emblem back there. It was Nike Air. It was still shown that it was a Nike shoe. They had not formally sort of disassociated themselves. So mm. this is the original. With the Nike still on there, and if you look on the inside, on the the uh, inside of the shoe, it has Nike Air down there as well. So there you go. Nice Jordan Infrareds, one of my favorites. I love them. I love them. Celebrate them, folks. Nice. Italian soul food, Jordan Infrareds. You can't get much <laughs> better than that. I would suggest though, don't eat your Italian soul food in the Jordan Infrareds. You don't want to oh, get any stains not. on them.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No. It's it's kind of like when you walk into like someone's home, you take, take your shoes, your shoes off, off at the door. Yeah. Yeah. You mm-hmm. take your shoes off at the kitchen table.
0: Got when gotta you eat gotta, gotta watch Italian out for that marinara. Yeah, you, oh, marinara. yeah. Marinara, bolognese, it's going everywhere. If you got alfredo, right. even worse. You watch out. Yeah. Alfredo oh, yeah. gets dangerous. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, Demarcus, time to move on. Are you ready? Third birthday suit. Let's do it. This one, I'm I'm not. I'm not as confident in. Wait what? Uh, this one's tough. This is a this is a uh, this is an actress. Mm. She had her height. Um, yeah, you may know her. So I'm giving her 68 percent. Okay. Here we go. Born on December 2nd, 1968. Probably why I gave her 68. It was a Freudian <laughs> slip there of the 68. Um, ah. Anyways, born in 68 in Jackson Heights, New York. Her, birth, her parents were a civil engineer and a bio em, uh, biochemist that immigrated from Shanghai and Beijing, and they met in New York. Say what? Growing up, she spoke both Mandarin and English. She ended up going to the University of Michigan for a degree in Asian languages and cultures. But at the start of college, a agent told her she should model and act so she started pursuing that in her pastime she made a big break in acting when she played in the in the uh In the show Allie McBeal, the very popular nineties television show. You remember Allie McBeal?
3: Oh
1: yeah. You're talking about Lucy (laughs) Lou. Oh my gosh, look at you go. Nicely done.
0: (laughs) Lucy Lou is correct. I I thought the biggest guess would be the Charlie's Angels when I threw that at you. That'd be Well no, I I actually had a crush
1: on her growing up.
0: Nice. She's good looking. She Very is, good looking. She's a nice-looking woman. Yeah. Let's see. What is she? She's turning 52 for Lucy 52. Liu. 52. Rhyming for Lucy Liu. 52 Lucy Liu. Nicely done. Huh. She was in <laughs> Charlie's Angels with Drew Barrymore and Cameron Diaz. She was the villain in Kill Bill, and she's been in every Kung mm-hmm. Fu Panda as the Viper. Mm. So there you go. Lucy Lou, man. I didn't know she played in Kung Fu Panda. I did. I did. Yeah. I I I knew that. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of Kung Fu Panda. It's hmm. uh one of my favorite animated movies. I just love Jack Black. I mm. uh I also love uh the the turtle in that movie. What is the Kung Fu Panda's turtle's name? Oogway. Oogway. Oh, That's yeah, Oogway. <laughs> Oogway's got he's such a such a laid back dude. He's so He's so Buddhist. Word. The, the 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 he's just like whatever whatever is will be, hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like he's not worried about it. So impressive. I love ugwe has got so many wise words. Anyways, mm-hmm. I've, so, I've I've it's not Ugwe's birthday. Nope. It's it's Lucy Liu's birthday. That's a fact. So right, right. Happy birthday to Lucy Liu, turning fifty-two. Yes. Live it up! I don't know what she's gonna do. I don't know what Lucy <laughs> Lou's looking to do on her birthday. Uh, have yeah. some soul food, uh, Italian soul food. Buy some infrared Jordan sixes. Yeah. That's what you can do. It'll be go. a great, great birthday.
1: And listen to the Dot G show. Why? That's
0: the main thing. Yeah. Demarcus has a crush on you. Listen to the That's show.
1: Right. Do it. If, you ever listen, if, if anyone out here knows Lucy Lou, they um, do. Give, I'm give sure her my, do. my Insta or yeah. something. Do, it. Send her, do Send her my way.
0: Just indirectly, just like I know uh, Aaron Rodgers indirectly, you will soon know Lucy Lou indirectly, and then you'll get to know <laughs> her directly. And who knows after go. that? Wink. Anyway, like the way you think. Yes, <laughs> you know, winking and thinking—that's what? what I do. Uh, okay. Blame. Uh Demarcus, now is when I tell you about the fantastic shows, and I'm going to tell you about next week's show. I'm very excited about this. We have got Alan Wilkus on the next show. Sweet. Alan is the 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 genius behind the music big data or data, however you want to say it. I I, mm. I switch back and forth. Data data. Whatever. <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter to me. Regardless, he is the brains behind this. Now uh, and I mean brains. He went to Harvard, DeMarcus. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sort of a, that's sort of big thing, you know, like that's yeah. impressive. That's that impressive to get into Harvard, and he was there. He was there when Facebook was made. word. Oh what? wow! What? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna talk to him about that. But that's really one of sort of the the ideas of how he created this project called Big Data, because it's about you know these companies that mine big data. And they do a lot of things with it, obviously, control a lot of things, produce a lot of things. So true. Hmm. So his, you know his his project is basically sort of this idea of saying, should we be worried about it? What are we looking out for here? What is this big data doing? What is it behind? So there hmm. are all these these cool concepts that he has, and out of it comes this great pop music. It's pretty cool. Hmm. It's pretty crazy, man. We're gonna yeah, that have,
1: sounds pretty dope.
0: It is. It is. We're going to have a convo with him next week. I can't wait. Alan Wilkes, check it out. It's coming next week. We've got some other big guests lined up. I, they haven't been solidified yet, so I don't want to say them. That's something on the show, uh, uh, DeMarcus, that we do. Because when I say yeah. them before they've actually been completely written down in the schedule, I jinx it, and then they don't happen. <laughs> so. Dang. Yeah, so we don't we don't actually say who they are, but trust me, guys, they're big. Uh right. until then, though, we gotta wrap it up. I've been your host, Doc G. With me, the new co-host on the block, DeMarcus Heller. Yay, yeah, yay. Yeah. Uh, and until next <laughs> week, guys, zip it up and zip it out. Peace.